Welcome back to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You, a weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. I'm Jessica Pfeiffer, and as always, I'm joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey, Dr. Ken. What's going on, Jessica? (laughs) Not a lot. I've had a great morning. My daughter is running a race in a different town, and she just texted me and had a great race. So I'm excited about that. Her mother is not there. No, what kind I feel of a so mother. I you? feel so bad. I another child was sick, and I thought I was going to have to stay home today. So with your that daughter child. is so devastated. That my you're daughter not is devastated. She was at the state. She's not devastated. Meet. She was no. fine with it. She was actually fine without me. Which she actually fine. ran better without me. Yeah, that's. But that's. I just want to make a brief comment that I hear that a lot from parents. <laughs> I feel terrible that I wasn't there. Was your teenager? No, they were fine with it. But, you know, it really is sometimes okay. It's okay. I have that terrible mom guilt, though. Well, exactly. Yes. And honestly, she's probably better without me because I am one of those crazy lunatic (laughs) mothers who shrieks and screams when my kid comes through. So, yeah, it's probably better. (laughs) It sometimes there's that idea that, um, well, secretly, they really they say they're fine with it, but they actually wish I was there. And, And I talk with teenagers. No. You know, that that's mostly they're fine with you not always being there. Again, yes. I'm, you know, no parent listening to this is the one that's never been to their kid's event. You know, no. if you're listening to this, you're that kind of a parent. But you just want to be there for everything. Yeah, exactly. It's okay if you're not. That's the thing. Yes. Well, and I have a question for you because we have had several parents um, talking about a similar topic and asking us questions having to do with their kids' health. So, you know, whether or not to make their kid exercise, how do I make my kid exercise when my kid doesn't want to exercise and things like that. So let's, let's discuss eating right. Yes. Or or medication. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, how do I make my kid do these things that, uh, you know, are good for their bodies? Right. You know, and I can't, I can't be there. I can't watch them. Right. Right. They're not responsible for their own health. And they could be, I mean, this is from ages 12, 13 to, you know, 17, 18 that we're getting right. getting these questions. I'm about to launch my kid and they're still not responsible That's right. for these things. So let's talk, let's talk about these issues separately. Okay. Let's talk about healthy food. Uh, listen, I I cook, I love to cook, I love healthy food. I kind of um, you know, have trained my kids to just think that carrot sticks are a treat. So tell me, <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> We never were successful in training our kids. I think because their father does not consider carrot sticks a healthy treat. I like, I think (laughs) Snickers are a health, a fun treat. Um, So, you know, as you can guess, any feeding the mouth that bites your parent is aware of the first thing to uh, be careful with when it comes to impacting your children's health. I will wait a second. Think of your answer. Control battle. You mm-hmm. want to be careful about how to be impactful, which means uh, avoiding a control battle. So recognizing, and I was talking to some parents about this last week, such good parents, very involved, whatever. But we talked about, because uh, they were concerned about the unhealthy food choices that their kid, their teenager was making. So number one, even by early adolescence, you have to recognize you don't have full control over food. And, and, you know, we're not talking about eating disorder, that kind of thing. Although, you know, it can, well, I don't want to say it blows up into eating disorder, but control is often part of the issue. You know, I, I used to get frustrated with allergists that would 
uh, tell uh, parents of teenagers that, you know, your kid uh, needs to avoid all sugar or avoid all wheat or whatever. You know, those are good choices. But I can remember having to tell parents, listen, call the allergist office back and ask, how do I make my teenager not do this? Because the control battle was there. I had a kid literally, this is extreme, but it was like two in the morning. They caught him in the uh, kitchen eating a spoonful of sugar. Like nobody even <laughs> likes that, but it's like, you can't make me. So you mm -hmm. want to think about being effective and recognizing that you can't control it. But the part that step one is make sure you that your teenagers hear you say it. Hey, we don't like the way that you eat and we're even worried about it but you're too old for us to make you eat well. Mm -hmm. Is that sound weird to you? Like, well, I'm a parent. I need to, you're too old for us to make sure that you eat well. Do, does everyone know that? Do you think that's extreme? Well, you know what? I, as you're talking, I'm thinking about my toddlers when they were little babies and, you know, you'd put something in their mouth and they'd spit it right back at you. And it's that's like, interesting. I can offer them great food, which has always kind of been my premise. I'm going to offer you great food. Right. I'm going to provide that at our home. We're going to have healthy food at home, but I can't make you eat any of it. And I can't control what you do when you go to your friend's house or when you're at school and you're eating your friend's lunch. Exactly. Because you know, yeah, you haven't had control. That's You've had trouble even from the beginning, but your yes. toddler can't get in the car and go over to the the convenience store and grab a, you know, <laughs> a, bag a candy bar. Yes. But, you know, so it's, it's not about whether you're not caring or, you know, give up. It is about being realistic. You cannot make sure that they eat that. There's a couple of things, however, but again, make sure you say it, say to them, look, I get worried, but don't get me wrong. I know I can't make you. And that's important for them to hear. But there's mm. number two. The other thing is you don't have to have this stuff in your house or actually pay for it. So I had some parents a couple of weeks ago that I was, we were talking about, you know, if, if your kid uh, wants something junky chips or something that you don't want to have, then tell them, yeah, well, dude, that's your call, your call. If that's what you want to get, but I'm not buying it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think it even came up. Do I, so I just offer to go over to the store and get the, you know, to take them to get it. No, no, no. You don't have to make it any convenience for them, but it's just not right. for you to provide. Uh, and so you don't have to provide for it. And then secondly, and this was always true in our house, um, I think it's a generally good idea that what we have to eat in our, you know, if you make dinner or make lunch, whatever, this is what we're having. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to eat it, but you can't, um, I'm not going to make the junk stuff you like. Right. I know our kids will text me occasionally and say, hey, I want to go out to dinner with my friends at you know, a fast food restaurant or something. And I say, that's fine, but I've already made this at home. And they're like, Hey, can you spot me? But no, I am not paying for any of that. I've already paid for exactly. dinner here at home. So you're welcome to come home or you're welcome to figure it out, but I'm not paying for that. And again, I'll, like we always say, that's, it can feel like, are, are you not taking care of your child's needs? I would argue that no, that's being respectful of a young adult. You have mm -hmm. that choice if that's what you want to do, but this is what we have here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So let's talk about what if your kid, though, is taking a medication that they're supposed to take regularly and they either don't like to take it or don't remember to take it. And you're constantly having to nag and remind and right. um, keep on track with that when they're even older teenager. And you're thinking, when is it your your turn to take responsibility for this? Right. And, and the most common one 
that comes up is uh, medicine for attention deficit disorder is a very common mm-hmm. issue because you have both the problem of uh, I have a kid who doesn't want to be reminded of the medicine, but the medicine is part of why uh, they don't remember stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like, what am I supposed to do here? But there's other medicines, you know, there's uh, uh, even insulin and so forth and, ma- and management of diabetes. These are important issues of medication. So like anything else, number one, you want, what can you do about the potential control battle? And so many aspects like this of uh, learning issues, health issues, think of your goal primarily is I I need to help this young adult gain insight into their own problem. And the main way that the first thing is to do what you can to avoid the appearance, not that you are or aren't, but the appearance of, hey, your medicine is all about me as your parent. You want to be start giving more and more messages of, for example, a teenager that doesn't want to, a seven-year-old that doesn't want to take their um, Ritalin uh, is very possibly a seven-year-old that, look, we've already talked about this. You do better. You need to take your Ritalin. A 14-year-old that doesn't want to take Ritalin is very possibly a 14-year-old that you say, well, look, then maybe, you know, you need to stop. It's your call. Mm-hmm. Um, that's up to you. The point being is gaining insight. If you have a 15 year old that's on an antidepressant, uh, then you have a problem of, well, you can't just decide to take it today and not tomorrow. That's one of those things that you have to be on it regularly for at least two to four weeks for it to go anywhere. Those objections, you need to start talking to them like you would an adult with, look, maybe, okay, I get it that you don't like it. Uh, once you call your doctor's office and tell them you don't want to take it anymore. Like, like put them more in control and -hmm. certainly not, well, I'm not going to call for you. It's your meds. And you know, it's your doc that said, you're not supposed to stop taking it. So why don't you call them and tell them in the meantime, I, you know, I, I don't think I uh, am comfortable with you stopping again, the point being it's not math. You always do this or that, but you want to keep communicating the message. It's your, it's your life. It's your health. And number two, I can't make you. But number three, what is it that you're not getting about this? Why do you not want to take this? With a teenager, it's really important to listen to them. Um, Mm -hmm. And their reasons for not wanting may be kind of inexperienced, but you really do want to uh, listen to them and and give them even sometimes an experience of it being off of it and it not going well. Again, not something huge, but something like ADD medicine can be helpful in gaining insight. Because what commonly happens with kids that have had, especially medications they've kind of been on for a long time, they can really kind of lose track of why am I even doing this? Oh, yeah, it's because my mom and dad get all upset. No, that's not a good enough reason for a young adult. Mm -hmm. Well, linked to that issue about taking medicines is maybe some uh, lifestyle or behavioral choices that our kids might be making when they have health issues. For example, we had a mom that was saying that her son had um, seizures and yes. there are certain things about him going to bed on time and, you know, taking care of his body, or let's say, for example, uh, you know, a teenager with diabetes, you know, they need to be watching what they're eating. They need to be monitoring. If and they're not paying attention things. to those things, then there's really, really terrible consequences and yes. hospital visits and everything else. So how as a parent, do you let go when you realize, hey, my kid's going to make stupid choices that are going to land us in the ER again tonight. You know, that's actually one of the kind of situations that taught me more and more how valuable individuation is to teenagers. 
I've had a few teenage patients that had cystic fibrosis, which mm -hmm. is a lung disease that, that is progressive and it is, it, you know, the side effect could be death. You need to do the treatments. There's the, uh, one of the big treatments is, is it's not as big as it used to be, but you, you kind of pound on the, on their back. You know, you have to kind of loosen the, this mucus, all this stuff. It's serious. And I have literally had teenagers refuse or, or try to get around doing that treatment because of the need for individuation. And that always struck me like, wow, a teenager is willing to risk their health for individuation. So it's one of the stronger issues that that balances parents' fear and the absolute need for this young adult to gain insight into what they need. So it's important uh, to start making announcements at 13 about, hey, at your age, more and more, you're taking control of this. You really want to be giving more and more of those messages. A lot of times kids that are chronically ill get fewer of those messages because parents feel like, you know, that whole growing up thing is fine, but we don't have time for that right now because you're very, you, you must actually crank up your messages about it so that you don't, you know, end up with a kind of side effect of a, teen, a young adult that feels infantilized when all you are is fearful and caring and trying to take care of them. So, you know, it, it's, it's much harder with, with really dangerous issues, you know, certainly seizures, uh, which are, you know, so hard to predict and all that kind of thing. You really want to respond to a teenager's resistance with um, uh, much more of, look, you, did you, t I don't remember you telling the doctor that when we were there last time, you, you need to talk, let's call her right now and, you know, make it, no, I don't want to do all that. Look, dude, if you're big enough to be making your own choices, cause you're a young adult, I get that, but this is serious business. And I, I'm only ex insisting that you talk with your physician about it. Don't be a middleman for a young adult. That's trying to pretend like, you know, I'm big enough to make my mommy not give me this medicine well that's that's not anything it's like you're actually big enough to put yourself in grave danger because i can't make you let's call your doctor and see what you want to do about that you know what i mean like it's trying mm -hmm. to pull yourself off the stage of that um, by making sure that your teenager hears early on now that you're getting older you're going to have to make your own decisions about these things just don't leave that off the table because i don't want you know i'm hoping they'll never think of that they always think of that at some point and it's better mm -hmm. that you be prepared. Mm -hmm. That's good. I know as a parent, that would be a huge um, source of fear for me if I had a, a kid that was really struggling that it way. Really and I, is. And I'm sure too that if you, I'm sure doctors have had this experience before. So maybe even talking with your doctor about, hey, my kid is not wanting to do these treatments. Right. How do I help them to understand? And putting the doctor in the place to explain to your teenager yes how serious it is if they're not going to do this this is what I, this this is the consequence and maybe let the doctor be exactly. the one to remind them of the the suffering that they'll endure if they don't And most physicians are good about that there's still some older ones that just i'm going to talk to your mommy you you stay out there at you know as a teenager that's just it's not effective it's not helpful mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's good okay so let's talk about um, I think exercise was on our list of, oh, you know, yes. can I make my kid exercise? What if my kid, you know, and I understand a lot of kids don't love sports or maybe they're not into the group group sports that, that are, you know, offered at school. 
Um, can we make our kids exercise? How do we make them see the importance of taking care of their bodies that way? So, uh, you know, we've kind of touched on this before in, in when we talked about kids who won't be involved in activities. That was mm -hmm. just lots of things, especially the social part. But there's a little bit of similarity to it. Number one, I think it varies a lot based on your family. If you're an athletic and and sporty family, you're already sending the right message about how important it is. And it's easier to encourage because we're all doing it too. However, whether you're sporty or not, uh, I, you again, you want to be careful about how can you uh, deal with the control battle of, you know, how do I know? I told him you have to run at least half a mile. And I, I watched I, on his phone and I don't think he did a whole half mile and what just in control battles. Mm -hmm. So I would handle that the same way as we talked about with activities that uh, the thing you do have control over is I'm not comfortable with making your home comfortably, um, you know, you sitting in your room or sitting at home playing on my video games and stuff. And if you're not even getting out with any kind of activity or uh, athletic, so you could add, like we said in that episode about activities, you could add to that. Um, you need to be in something that is also athletic and that could be, uh, a school sport. Uh, a lot of our kids are at school sports that if you're not a semi pro already, you can't be in sports. So mm -hmm. there's lots of other leagues. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, martial arts or things with discipline, but you can add to that, that, you know, I can't make you and you want to keep saying that you're too old for me to make you, but it surprises me that at your age, you still don't recognize the importance of exercise. But I, what I can do is if, if you don't have something going in two weeks, then I'm so sorry, but you're not going to be doing computer during the day um, if you're still not exercising at all. This is just silly. I'm just not going to make it easier for you to not do it. But again, the whole time, be careful about a control battle. Don't mm -hmm. get locked into that. You're much more powerful if you, you're the one that says it. I, I know I can't make you, uh, but here's the deal. And, and then encourage it. Um, you know, I've had parents try all kinds of things, um, you know, where the, the parent got going and, and we did it together and all that stuff that sometimes is helpful, but, and very helpful with children, but with teenagers, it's often, uh, just a, a red cape in front of a bull for a control battle. Of, <laughs> you can't make me, I told you, I've got a, I've got a test tomorrow. I can't do it. No, we already talked about this. Just, just avoid all that with the message look, it's your young adult body and it worries me. You still don't get it. So you, you must do at least these things and I'll give you a couple of weeks. And if you don't, then at the very least, I'm going to be taking away, you know, distractions here at home. Mm -hmm. Well, I have heard you say, I don't know, at least a half a dozen, maybe a dozen <laughs> times avoid the control battle. Have I mentioned control? Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> Avoid the control battle because that's yes. not something you're going to win. Your kid is going to be eating sugar in the middle of the night in the kitchen. And <laughs> no, it's I think that today's message. I I think that I think that that's the thing that I need to take away as a parent is all of these issues are kids' health issues. Is avoiding a control battle, putting the power back where it belongs, and that's in your kids' hands, and making sure that they understand this is your body. You need to take care of it. It helps um, them gain insight. That's right. Yes, Avoid the control I know. battle so they can gain insight. Yes, I know I can't make you do this. I'm you're too old for that. But um, and remembering your place in their life. And you know, I would say to parents, 
if you have younger kids, now is the time to get started on some of these exactly good examples, right? It makes me think of, you know, just, you know, how important it is when they're younger to make sure that um, you're setting the example yourself because it's easier to do that when they're younger than it is when they're teenagers. Perfect. So thank you, Dr. Kim. Have a great day. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com. If you enjoy this podcast, would you mind leaving us a review? This is how others find our podcast. <laughs>